Welcome to MuggleCast 393. I'm Andrew. I'm Micah. Eric is not here with us this week, but Pat is back. Hi, Pat. Hey, everyone. It's nice to have you back on the show. But it's good to be back. You're the second newest person on the show. <laughs> the newest person on the show is Shannon, one of our Slug Club members. Hi, Shannon. Hi. Happy Sunday. It's nice to have <laughs> Happy Sunday. It's nice to have you on the show. It's good to be here. You've been a longtime listener, I think, right? <laughs> yep, since early 2007. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad that we could finally have you on. Yeah. Um, we have a fun episode today. We're going to do Fantastic Beast Crimes of Grindelwald predictions. We've put together a slew of questions, and we've all prepared answers, and we're just going to kind of lock in our answers before seeing the movie, because uh, for Micah, Pat, and I, we're all seeing it, I believe, Tuesday. Shannon, did you buy your tickets yet? I did. We're going on Friday night uh, because okay. there was no Tuesday showings in our area, oh. and I have class on Thursday, so Drat. we're going Friday, but pretty excited. Where in America are you? Uh, I am just outside of Boston in the suburbs, so about 45 minutes from the city. Cool, cool. So yeah, Yeah. this will be our final episode before seeing the movie, which is (laughs) kind of insane. Um, And then the next few weeks, we'll just be talking about the movie. And from what we keep hearing, I think there's going to be tons to talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But first, Shannon, let's get your fandom ID in one breath. please, Please give us your favorite book, movie, Hogwarts House, Silver Morning House, Patronus. And the uh, original category this week is returning Fantastic Beast character. Okay, so my favorite book is Half-Blood Prince, and that is also my favorite movie. Uh, my Hogwarts house is Ravenclaw. I'm a puck wedgie, and my Patronus is a fox, which is actually ironic because my maiden name is Fox, so I was pretty excited um, when I found that out. And my <laughs> returning Fantastic Beast character is Jacob. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Good choice. Um, all right. So before we make our predictions, we have some news and some muggle mail. So first of all, a little bit of drama. JK Rowling is suing a former employee for 24,000 pounds because uh, the employee, quote, broke strict rules by using her funds to buy cosmetics and gifts. She was taking advantage of JK Rowling using her credit card. To buy tons of things, like 1,600 pounds of Starbucks. <laughs> wow. I could drink that much Starbucks, so. Yeah. Uh, 2,100 pounds. And I'm talking about the monetary value, by the way, not the weight. Um, 2,100 pounds in card shop paper tiger. So, like, greeting cards? Um, this is something Pat would like. $1,400 in luxury at the luxury candle company Joe Malone. Oh, I would definitely like that. And then, as if it weren't bad enough that she was using J.K. Rowling's credit card for, um, you know, for tons of purchases that she wasn't supposed to make, she was also stealing things. Miss Rowling claimed that uh, she stole a Harry Potter motorized Hogwarts Express, a Harry Potter wizard collection worth 2,200 pounds, whatever that is, and a Harry Potter Tales of Beetle the Bard set worth 400 pounds. And Rowling said the toys were taken without her knowledge or consent. Mm. So, couldn't she get arrested? Oh, uh, it doesn't seem like she's getting arrested; just sued. Mm. Hmm, that's interesting. Did it say over and how long she was doing this? No, no. But well, she was her um, assistant between February 2014 and April 2017. So that's a good three years. Yeah. What cracks me up is like what what. 
how could how could you betray someone's trust like that to steal so many valuables and use this card? I assume Rowling and her team vetted this person, Amanda, very carefully to make sure she doesn't have a history. Then Amanda gets this job and is like, I'm just going to start stealing from J.K. Rowling and nobody's going to notice. And I'm sure J.K. was paying her a good amount of money to be her assistant. So it's not like she was hurting for funds or anything, I don't think. God, yeah. Right, like she's one of the most generous people ever, and then you go and steal from her. (laughs) Yeah, and like you could go buy this stupid motorized Hogwarts Express yourself (laughs) with all the money you're making. (laughs) Come on. So that was kind of a shocking story to to read. J.K. Rowling, if you're looking for a new assistant, um, I would be happy to do it, and I uh, won't steal anything from you. Same. Micah, we got some new Fantastic Beast previews this week as well, right? Yeah, we did. And uh, I guess not surprising in the week leading up to the release of the film. I know there were a number of premieres also that took place uh, this past week. But uh, the one that I found the most interesting was a comparison video between Harry Potter and Fantastic Beast, trying to connect the threads uh, between the two films and it's cool even yet for, for people who haven't checked it out. Uh, but there was one line in there that drew my attention. And I think it's actually, we'll, we'll get to the scene uh, a little bit later on in the clips. It's when the minister and, and several others are speaking with Dumbledore at Hogwarts. And he asks him about Grindelwald. And he says, you were as close as brothers. And Dumbledore responded by saying, we were closer than brothers. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, that sounds pretty gay to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have anything else there. I just thought, you know, people have been wondering how much uh, the relationship between the two of them is going to be <laughs> explicit in this film. And I think that gives a little bit more insight into uh, how they're going to go about telling the story. Yeah. I still don't think that the Dumbledore-Grindelwald relationship is going to be on display in a grand way like we're not about to see them making out or anything in crimes of grindelwald but there's going to be a lot of teasing and we're gonna see their relationship actually on display in three four five i think the extent of the gayness in this movie is going to be the mirror of Eros head shots and that this line that micah just read we were closer than brothers and maybe one or two other lines that tease what's ahead, but not much else. Yeah. And then there is a shot, I believe, of the minister in uh, this video. It, at least it looks like the same person once we get a little bit uh, further along and look at that scene between uh, Dumbledore and him, uh, which uh, Snitch Seeker posted. Uh, it's about a 30 second clip or so of them talking about why Dumbledore can't move against Grindelwald. We don't get the actual answer. I'm sure we'll find out in the film, but it was uh it was cool to see sort of these extended scenes come up. Yeah. And this shot of Hogwarts, I don't think you mentioned this yet, but we do see the shot of Newt heading to Hogwarts and um at the end of the movie, I think. Or I don't know, maybe it doesn't look like the end of the movie, but somebody's standing at the other end of the bridge. Newt is walking towards somebody. This is the shot we were debating in previous episodes. Like, oh, were they at Hogwarts? And we thought it it was because the bridge looked like it did in the Harry Potter movies. 
And yeah, it's definitely Hogwarts in this beautiful shot of Newt walking across the bridge. Is that Dumbledore on the other side of the bridge? I would guess so. I mean, this shot is a little bit spoilery because if you start looking at who's in that shot and you're assuming that it's at the end of the film, you're getting a sense for where allegiances lie. Yeah. Or who got hurt in the fight. Like, where's Queenie? Where's Credence? Right. Well, and I mean... I'm looking at the back of the minister's head and then looking at that screenshot we have in the document and they pretty much match up with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, And again, I think this is morning time. Like we're, it it looks like a sunrise. You can kind of see a clock on the castle, I think. And it looks like it says 6 or 7 a.m. Or p.m. (laughs) I keep saying it's morning. Watch, it's probably going to be evening. Mm -hmm. But I, I, this this shot kind of scares me because it seems like Newt and Dumbledore are going to have a very important encounter at the end of the movie. But for what? It's also interesting because I think Eddie Redmayne said that he never went or he never shot at Hogwarts. He only went to watch when his younger version was being filmed. So clearly that wasn't the case. Well, Mike, I hate to break it to you, but this Hogwarts castle isn't real. Oh, really? <laughs> so like if they're just... <laughs> If they're just filming the exterior, this is all green screen, you know? Damn. So maybe by at Hogwarts, he meant like I wasn't in the classrooms. Ah, uh, okay. I was just on the green screen bridge. <laughs> there was one other line, too, in that uh, earlier comparison video. It shows Grindelwald speaking to what looks like a young Severus Snape, but somebody called out that it's a character called Crawl. Uh, and he's asking him who represents the greatest threat to our cause, and that person responds, Dumbledore. So, mm. yeah. Setting up the big fight. All right, so I think that's all the... Well, oh, and then there are two other clips. So we'll play this first clip. This is of uh, Dumbledore in his office when the Ministry of Magic approaches him. Quite a little network of... International contacts. However long you keep me and my friends under surveillance, you're not going to discover plots against you, Travers, because we want the same thing, the defeat of Grindelwald. But I warn you, your policies of suppression and violence are pushing supporters into his arms. I'm not interested in your warnings. It pains me to say it, but... you are the only wizard who is his equal. I need you to fight him. I can't. Mm. That look on Dumbledore's face is... Uh, I think he's torn up. He's torn up. It looks like it's when Newt and Tina are trying to escape the French ministry and Theseus is running after them. And uh, I think we actually saw a bit in the one of the trailers where Tina turns around and... and puts a, a, a spell on, on Theseus and Newt comments that that was the best moment of his life. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just ready to see it already. We, this happens before every movie. Shannon, Pat, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I agree. I didn't really watch them at all because I just want to watch it as it goes with the movie and not get too much information right before I see it. Um, I just kind of want to save it. Yeah, same. It's like, that's why I'm not re- or listening or reading to any of the reviews or anything that have come out so far. Like, I just want to go in fresh on my own 
my own mind, all that. Yeah. What I find so interesting about this particular series is that, you know, when you go back to the Potter films and we would get you know, these vignettes or we would get tons of photos that would be released, we knew what they were all related to for the most part, but there was also a ton of photos that were released this past week for Crimes of Grindelwald and some of them, you know, could be worth a, a bit of speculation. Uh, so, I, because you don't know necessarily what's what the context is of 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 what's happening in the photos, so I, I think there's there's yeah. a bit of fun to it too. There's a bit of fun. All right. So, uh, what what's been going on with uh, Dancing with the Stars, Micah? Since Eric is in here, this is going to be like a five second long Dancing with the Stars update. All right. So they made it to the semifinals. Moving on. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. I I don't want to uh I don't want to diminish uh, what Yvonne has been able to do. Uh they uh received their first perfect score of the season uh last week. Uh but because of the way the voting works, they actually ended up in the bottom 3 uh last Monday night. Uh but they were the lone couple that was not eliminated. So uh, they made it through. They dance in the semifinals this week, and we'll see what happens. Okay, but very impressive, I would say. You know, it's it's cool to watch Ivana. Yeah. So time for some Muggle Mail now. This one is from Thaya from Switzerland. I was just listening to episode three ninety two when you answered the question how Dumbledore could understand what the Gaunts were were saying. I just wanted to let you know that J.K. Rowling confirmed a long time ago that he can understand it but not speak it. And I realized that there is the word dumb in Dumbledore. Any theories on that? <laughs> um, that's offensive to Dumbledore. And <laughs> he is not dumb in the slightest. But if you really push me to make a theory out of it, I would say that J.K. Rowling, you know, classic J.K. Rowling plot twist. We read the word Dumbledore and we're supposed to think... He's dumb, but it turns out he's one of the most brilliant wizards of our time, as that clip just mentioned. And uh, I did look into what she said about the Gaunts, and it's true that, uh, uh, sorry, that Dumbledore can understand Parseltongue. And J.K. Rowling said that. So this next email is from DJ. This is Darren. Oh, not DJ. Darren from Salt Lake City. Just wanted to chime in on your chapter by chapter from last week's episode. You were discussing how spells were made and if there was a special team or group at the ministry dedicated to this. We actually have a mention of a group in Goblet of Fire, Chapter 7, Bagman and Crouch. Mr. Weasley is pointing out members of the ministry and talks about Gilbert Wimple, member of the Committee on Experimental Charms. So there you go. I have a theory about Gilbert Wimple. The word wimp is in his name. <laughs> what does that, <laughs> that mean? mean? That means he's hmm. the strongest person at the ministry, right? Based on <laughs> yes. Dumbledore. Exact, exact opposite. Maybe they practice all the charms on him. Oh yeah, since he's a wimp, that yeah, he won't he won't defend himself. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Casper. You spend one third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to you. There are hassle-free returns if you're not completely satisfied, and the mattresses are delivered right to your door in a small, how-do-they-do-that size box. 
There's also free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. I know I just got a Casper mattress, it seems like yesterday, but over a year ago, and I sleep great every night. People are moving this time of year into new apartments, and that how-do-they-do-that size box is just right for that type of situation. It's easy delivery. It's easy to move. You open the box, the mattress is right there, and you're ready to go. MuggleCast listeners get $50 off towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash MuggleCast and using promo code MuggleCast at checkout. Please note that certain terms and conditions apply. That's casper.com slash MuggleCast and use code MuggleCast at checkout to get $50 off select mattresses. All right, it's time for our Crimes of Grindelwald prediction. So we have a bunch of questions and we've pre-written our answers. So we're going to go through... We are locking in our answers since this is the last time that we're talking about the movie without seeing it. It's a lot up in the air and people who have seen the movie early are like, OMG, I can't believe this happened and that happened and wow, there's so much happening. <laughs> um, so, so we're going to make our predictions on all of it. I, I have a feeling that we are potentially asking the wrong questions altogether like we just don't know really what's happening in this movie so these questions are based on what we've seen in trailers and interviews so far let's start with a pretty serious question who will be team grindelwald by the end of the movie micah you go first i think i i went with probably the the easy options, which are Queenie and Credence. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, and, and maybe it's not in, in, in a way of, of their own will. Like maybe they're being forced into situations for certain reasons. And it's not just, Hey, I really like what this guy is selling, but I'm going to go with those two for right now. How about you, Pat? Um, I just think Credence I think he'll be the only one there at least like in full force behind the cause. The only reason why I didn't put Queenie is that I do think she might be working with him, but as a sort of like double agent, like I think that um, now I can't remember her sister's name. Um, Tina is might be like, okay, Credence is on this side. Can you go in since you can hear people's thoughts and try to get him out? Mm hmm. Maybe something like that, but out of their own choice, I think it's only Credence. Shannon? Um, I said Queenie and Lita. Uh, Queenie, just based off of what we've seen with the promo pictures, that especially that last one we just talked about where she's not on the bridge with them at Hogwarts. Um, and Lita, well, I guess just because she's a little strange, and I kind of think that she'll be on that side, whether because her family is or um, like we'll talk about later with the prophecy uh, mention in her poster. Yeah. So. So I also think Queenie, but I also think Newt. (laughs) I think Newt is going to be Team Grindelwald. And the reason I say that is because there's that clip in the trailer where his brother Theseus is like, you have to pick a side, Newt. And, And Newt is like, I don't pick sides. And I feel like Newt is going to be looking at what Grindelwald is trying to do and be like, I mean, is there anything totally wrong with wizards being out in the open and all that? And this could also create a rift between a rift between uh, Newt and 
Dumbledore, which could kind of be interesting. And it would be quite the twist if the lead was thinking of being on Team Grindelwald. So, I, But Queenie, yeah, that just seems very obvious to me. I think you're going to be wrong on that one, Pat. Hmm. And Eric, uh, he wrote some answers, too. He thinks, he said more than anybody else, uh, Theseus, Lita, Queenie, and Jacob, and Nicholas Flamel. Nicholas Flamel, that's uh, it. I think he think he just spun a wheel and wrote down whatever it landed on. That's quite a number of people, though. Yeah, I could I could see Theseus, one of the Scamander brothers. Um, okay, so next question: What will be the big shock about Credence that J.K. Rowling teased? So back in September, uh, somebody tweeted J.K. Rowling: I would love to see Ezra Miller's reaction when he read that Claudia Kim was playing Nagini or that Nagini was in the saga. J.K. Rowling replied, that definitely wasn't Ezra's biggest shock. And then she included the zipped mouth emoji. So it sounds like something big is happening with Credence in this movie. My prediction is that Credence is an ancestor of Merope or Marvolo. I feel like we're going to get a Voldemort tie-in. And I don't necessarily love the idea because I don't feel like every aspect of this movie needs to be tied to the Harry Potter series. But we keep hearing about how this is connected to Harry Potter and all these references are coming together and this is a big twist at the end of the movie. What would be bigger than a Voldemort connection? So, but we're not, we wouldn't hear Voldemort, of course, because it's way too early for that. So I think we're going to hear that Credence is an ancestor of Maroper Marvolo. How about you, Micah? I, I like. And what do you think of my theory? Yeah. I like that because this it's all about at least from what we've seen in in trailer clips and from what we've heard from the actors, it's about Credence figuring out who he is. And I want to know who I am. Right. There, exactly. Exactly. That. That was. That was. <laughs> did you play that clip or was that you? <laughs> uh, I've just gotten really good at I'm it. I'm just going with crazy <laughs> theory that Credence is in fact Grindelwald's son. Oh. I just really hope it's not something as straightforward as that. Because why? Like, what's the... Okay, and so what? He's his son. Yeah? I mean, again, what Grindelwald is doing, like, he wants to bring wizards into the public public eye. Like, uh, it's not, like, the worst thing. I don't know. doesn't seem like a big cliffhanger to me. Mm. I I don't have any evidence to support it. I'm just... That's what I that's what I'll throw out there. I like Patrick's idea better, honestly. Pat, what's yours? I was thinking because I know that Ezra is like a huge, huge, huge Harry Potter fan. So I don't think that what shocked him has anything to do with his character of Credence. Like I just think it's something Okay. Unrelated to Credence. That will relate mm-hmm. to the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. But I agreed. It's something that just blew his mind. So I think it's gonna be something about the larger wizarding world and just because as Patrick said, he's a huge fan, so maybe it's something that right. every other fan is going to be like, oh my gosh, that totally makes sense now in connection with the Harry Potter series, but not necessarily as Credence's character. Um, and I think, didn't we see in that scene with the subway kind of hideout thing that there's that family tree on the wall yeah, that kind of links him to the Lestranges anyways? So I think it's going to be something to do. That's the one problem with my Marope yeah. Marvel theory. And are you saying Marope, like her... Like just related to her in general, not as another child, right? No, right. Just okay. just related to her in general, somewhere down the family tree. But then it, it. it just starts to get 
much like the Voldemort situation, right? That's because what I was thinking. <laughs> he gets in it into it with Bellatrix, and then you potentially have, at least from my theory, like Grindelwald getting involved with another one of the Lestranges in order to make Credence. So I, yeah, it's, yeah, because in my mind, like Marope is probably mm-hmm. about the same age as Credence in all reality. Mm. Yeah, because Voldemort's born in what the forties? Mm. Maybe maybe like five years older, or something like that, but not much. Okay, so those are, they're they're just separated by a single generation. It's not mm-hmm. too far down the family tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Eric said Ariana is still alive. Died like Credence where she was whisked away. So, like, I agree Ariana is going to get involved at some point, but I still think it's a little too early. I don't think this is the big Dumbledore backstory movie. I think that's movie three or four. And would she be alive and then die again? Because she wouldn't be alive during the Harry Potter series unless they're hiding her somewhere. Mm, no. No. Uh, we got some Facebook exp- uh, responses as well. Katie said, the whole plot of the movie is going to focus on Credence's origin story and how he came to be an Obscurus. Then we'll actually find out that Grindelwald is actually his father in a Mari-type situation at the end <laughs> of the film. You are the father. <laughs> Which will tie into the third film, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Gel and Creds. Gal and Cred's excellent adventure in Rio. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Mark says he's secretly an animagus that turns into Buckbeak. Kim says, I think he's a member of the Lestrange family, possibly related to Lita. Either that or he's something to do with Snape. I can't see any Snape connections in this series. I saw saw that theory online, too, and I kind of dismissed it because it's just... I think it would be tying it too much into the series. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need Fantastic Beasts to be a series that's all about connections to Harry Potter. It can be its own thing, J.K. Rowling. Please, please. Not everything has to be related to Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Next question. Will we learn... And this is a straightforward one. Will we learn where Fantastic Beasts 3 is set by the end of Fantastic Beasts 2? I'm saying no. I agree with you. I'm saying yes. I also said yes. How do you two think it's going to be? Do I, you like we're gonna are we gonna see them on a boat sailing off to Rio? <laughs> I think something. Uh, I think there might. Oh, go ahead. Be a line like tor- kind of towards the end of the movie, just referencing where maybe if Grindelwald's still on the run, like where did he go next, or where is he rumored to be? Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. Yeah, exactly what I was gonna say. Hmm. <laughs> What's Grindelwald doing down in Rio? <laughs> Is he on vacation? He needs a tan. He's too pale. He's going to watch soccer? Too pale. <laughs> Next question. Will Nagini be more than Credence's emotional friend? This is something that we've spoken about previously a little bit, so I wanted to lock this in. I'm saying no. I don't think we're going to learn much about Nagini in this movie. I think she's just going to be there for Credence and kind of helping him find out who he is. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, we're not going to... The plot's not going to revolve much around Nagini, just interacting with, just Nagini interacting with Credence. I think there's going to be more to her than just uh, Credence's emotional support. Uh, the, the the reveal was too big to to not have her more involved on some level, and I think looking at that shot at the end, presuming it's the end of the film uh, that we get at Hogwarts, and she's there, so... Uh, which also creates all kinds of problems that you know we were talking about in episodes past, where Dumbledore and Nagini 
presumably never interacted with each other before. And so if that's the case and she's at Hogwarts and she meets him, it's starting to really like mess with canon that's been established. Mm. What do you guys think of that? Like if, if in fact she is there, it would be silly to assume that she doesn't cross paths with Dumbledore, right? I mean, maybe because Dumbledore does evolve clearly over time, like he did agree with Grindelwald at one point maybe Dumbledore had some sort of prejudice against um, against her kind, and maybe that's what made her just not like him and always be against him. Mm. Maybe. I really don't want them to have a relationship. That would make me really, really mad. So they can just be friends and be done with it. Credence and Nagini. Yeah. It seems like Dumbledore and Nagini are going to cross paths. I mean, that shot we were just talking about earlier where it looks like Dumbledore on the other end of the bridge. Mm -hmm. Maybe he doesn't know what her name is. Like maybe they're never properly introduced so he doesn't make the connection later on. Yeah. Yeah. And then Nagini's sitting there thinking to herself, if he only knew what's to come. (laughs) He's not as smart as everybody thinks. What's your prediction on this one, Shannon? Uh, I said no. I think they're going to hold off on you know, revealing more about her until maybe the later last two films, possibly just to keep it fresh on one's mind towards the end and make that connection to Voldemort, maybe in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to wait and hold some stuff back. Eric says, bring on the snake babies. <laughs> so he thinks they're going to be close, close, close. How will Jacob remember Queenie? This, so this was this was a big question we were speculating about a while ago, probably as soon as the first movie ended, because obviously Jake, Jacob's memory supposedly gets wiped. And then there's that extra scene where Jacob seems to at least slightly recognize Queenie when she comes into his bakery. He does touch that little bite on his neck. So something's kind of triggering his memory and the the bite is definitely helping him remember Queenie. Um, my, my guess is that that Mertlap venom prevented him from completely losing his memory, but I guess my only question is like, how does he fully recover it? Or are they sort of starting over again? Like, (laughs) how does his memory get repaired? We'll have to wait till Tuesday to find out. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's part of how the swooping evils venom works. Like in, when, when Hank flew up in the sky and, you know, made it rain the forgetting rain. Um, I think that somehow with it, because at one point Newt says that the venom only makes you lose bad memories. So everything that happened with Jacob isn't bad to him. So I think when it started raining and Queenie kissed him, he was starting to forget, but maybe that had a little bit of an anchor for him. And clearly mm-hmm. he's having dreams of some sort where his pastries look like some of the creatures mm-hmm. so that when he does see her at the end of the first movie, a lot of stuff just starts to come back like he's being reminded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of a combination of the the Mertlat venom and what Patrick just said. Um, and also the power of love and the protection of love is a big thing that was in the Harry Potter films. So I feel like in the story, so I feel like it's going to play a factor here as well because the love that jacob and queenie have maybe that will play a factor and when he sees her it kind of helps to bring all the memories back and and just she protected him with that kiss at the end yeah um, and suppress the memories but then when they start interacting again he's kind of draws it out of him 
I'm just curious to see if this is going to be explained at all in this movie. Because some time has passed since the last movie. And I just wonder if it's going to be something like, oh, hey, Queenie, remember when I forgot you, forgot you and then it slowly all came back? <laughs> that was great. Okay, moving on. Yeah, I really hope they don't just make a one line uh, like mention about it. And I hope they explain it because it would leave a lot more questions if they didn't. Yeah, we need to know. We need to know these things after teasing us. Yeah. Um, I agree with pretty much everything that's been said. I think it's likely a combination between what you said, Andrew, and, and what Patrick said. So a uh, similar answer okay. to, to Shannon. Um, and Eric said, when Queenie kissed Jacob, she prevented telepathically his memories from fully leaving. <laughs> that's a new power Queenie has that we don't know about. <laughs> Here's a straightforward but important one. Will any other Harry Potter characters be name-checked who we haven't already heard? I'm go So, like, remember the first movie, like, <laughs> one of the most exciting things was hearing Dumbledore uttered and Hogwarts uttered. Now we're being really spoiled with both Dumbledore and Hogwarts in the second movie. So what will come in this one? I'm going to say, getting back to my Merope and that Credence descendant theory i'm gonna say we're gonna hear about the gaunts in some way just given a lot of the uh dark wizard presence in this film i went with malfoy i'm saying something to deal with the trelawney family which goes along with one of my theories later on in our conversation uh i went down the hogwarts route since we'll be there and i really want to hear someone mention peeves oh yeah because we didn't get any of him in the series so i really want just them to make up for that yeah that would be fantastic. Please a throwaway comment. <laughs> <laughs> there, and I remember one clip that we've seen from Crimes of Grindelwald. You see some people playing Quidditch in the background. So that was kind of like a nod to the old days as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe peeves could be worked in that way, just sort of in the background really quick. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being Harry Draco fanfic gay, <laughs> how gay will the Dumbledore Grindelwald stuff be? I'm saying... Four out of ten. Two out of ten. <laughs> I'm being really hopeful here, even though it's probably not going to happen, but I'm saying five out of ten. <laughs> uh, I said three out of ten, because I think, it, like we've seen, it's going to be in there a little bit, but as I've mentioned, it's not going to be overtly kind of pronounced, so yeah, I wish it was a little bit more, but I don't think they're going to make it. They're going to kind of play it safe. And related to that, possibly... Why can Dumbledore not move against Grindelwald like we've been hearing in these trailers? I'm saying his love for Grindelwald. I said because he's being watched. By who? Great question. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pat? Um, I just had a sassy comment here. I just said he has to wash his hair that day so he doesn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> But not, but not the next day? <laughs> I mean, Come I think on, it's a combination <laughs> of what you guys have talked about throughout the past episodes, like his love, um, the other theories you guys have brought up too. So I didn't think I didn't have much new to say. Okay. Shannon? Uh, I think that he still is struggling with his ability to resist the temptation of power. Um, he's mentioned many times that he turned down the position of minister because he didn't feel he could handle that. Um, so maybe he's afraid that if he goes up against Grindelwald, Grindelwald will somehow use his pull on him, both his love and his uh, knowledge that Dumbledore kind of wants that 
the power um, and try to pull him in onto his side. So maybe he just wants to avoid that. And I also like the Unbreakable Vow theory that's been mentioned in the past. Um, I think that they may have made one and Dumbledore somehow is going to find a loophole because he likes to do that um, later on in the films to get around it. And that's how they get defeated at the end. Related, I really love this idea. And kind of jumping off of this, Dumbledore might be worried about how he would react to potentially seeing Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. He might get yeah. like really emotionally swept up in it or some old feelings might come rushing back or uh, yeah. And those those old feelings could just really screw him up and maybe make him depressed or something like that. Because you think about getting out of a relationship, you, you want that X out of your head. <laughs> Boy, do I know <laughs> it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, maybe that's why Dumbledore just wants to avoid him. He doesn't want to. He's afraid about what could happen, but he's yeah. he's dena- delaying the inevitable. Though he knows they're going to have to fight or at least encounter each other at some point. What? Yeah, I think it's partly like they were together and worked together for so long, like they know each other's minds. Mm-hmm. So maybe Dumbledore is just worried, like he knows like, every move I'm going to make. I know every move he's going to make. It's better off if somebody else does it, so he can't predict what's going to happen. Just going back to the to the Ariana point, what, what if he's directly responsible? Like we always put the blame on Grindelwald for for what happened to Ariana, but what if Dumbledore mm-hmm. is the responsible person here, and Grindelwald knows the truth and and he's afraid of it coming out, and that's why Dumbledore doesn't move against him. I agree because they never sp- explicitly say who cast the spell that killed her. Right. It was kind. Of, it was never clear. Just said there was kind of a, a fight and. Everything got jumbled. So I think it's possible that Dumbledore thinks he's accountable for it. And he's afraid that Grindelwald could, again, use that against him or maybe get into his head and make him relive that over and over again. Yeah. Eric said the unbreakable vow. And a couple of people, we asked this question on Twitter as well. Um, A couple other people, including Bianca and Violet, said unbreakable vow. And I said to them, well, what? Unbreakable. What did the unbreakable vow say? Violet said that they wouldn't hurt each other. Maybe they pledged something rash after Ariana was killed. Or that they wouldn't meddle in each other's hollows quests. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. <clears throat> N.N. Bean says, I don't think it's an unbreakable vow because we know that he eventually beats him. So unless the terms of the vow say he just can't kill him, then that doesn't really make any sense to me. I'm thinking equal parts love and shame. Also might have something to do with the Elder Wand. Um, Anders said he told us in King's Cross he was afraid of the truth about Ariana's death and he was ashamed. Mm. It's a good throwback. Yeah, Patrick Sullivan said something along the same lines. Shame from the Ariana incident. Interesting couple paragraphs to support it from Deathly Hallows, page 718. Uh, He actually went on to highlight a bit. I delayed meeting him until finally it would have been too shameful to resist any longer. Oh, man. That's a pretty freaking important thing we should be considering here, this quote. <laughs> People were dying, and he seemed unstoppable, and I had to do what I could. Wow. Great find, Patrick. Not you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another big question. Lita is implicated by prophecy. So this was, that's her tagline on her character poster. Just says, Lita Lestrange, implicated by prophecy. What does that mean? 
Micah, let's start with you. It seems to me that she's destined to fulfill something maybe she doesn't want to. And I looked at the line that we've had in the trailer from her to Newt saying, you've never met a beast you didn't love. So I'm expecting a betrayal of some kind on her part. Pat, this one relates to your Trelawney idea? Yes. So I am thinking just because the Trelawneys have, I guess, in the family line, the seer gene, I guess. So I'm thinking one of the Trelawneys ended up making a prophecy, just like uh, Professor Trelawney did for Harry and Voldemort. Um, so I think the prophecy is somewhere in the Hall of Prophecies in the Department of Mysteries, um, whether it be Trelawney's great-great-great-grandma, where she seemed to be the most powerful, so maybe she was able to see further in time, even after her death. So I think it's something with that. Hmm. I just don't think we need another Trelawney prophecy. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking, too. It's I don't really enjoy all of the similarities to the Harry Potter series. So when I saw the Implicated by Prophecy, I was a little bit annoyed. I felt like, oh, great, another another prophecy story, just like every other thing that's out there these days. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's – I think it's going to be some sort of betrayal or, like Patrick said, some prediction that's been made where she has to um, kind of lead Newt astray or – hurt the ones that she loves just because of the prophecy. Yeah, I like those ideas. I don't mind the prophecy connection to Harry Potter, just the Trelawney part. That's the part where I'm like, meh. Mm. We asked this question on uh, Patreon as well. Irvin said, based on the underlying mythology of the Theseus myth that I believe Joe Joe is building her story on top of, I'm guessing the prophecy says that Lita will die at a wedding. Whoa. We just don't know if it's her wedding or someone else's. (laughs) Wow. Congrats, you're married. Bye. This isn't Game of Thrones. (laughs) Allie says, I think it's more of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Her family is involved in Grindelwald's cause and she's been dragged in. However, she's conflicted because her fiance is searching for him and her former best friend is working to track him down. Thus, she's stuck. She's in the cause against her true will. Uh, Gabriella? whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Gabriella. She says, this sounds awful, but maybe her children are meant to continue the line of evil, although that would only make sense if her children kept her name. Mm. Jessica says, I take this to mean that she is found guilty of a crime by her surname and not by her heart. We know the Lestrange family to be dark wizards, so I fear poor Lita is thrust into Grindelwald's world through no discernible actions of her own. And there are several more over on Patreon if uh, anybody who uh, pledges would like to read them. Mine, I forgot to mention, um, I think the Lestrange family is destined to eradicate mudbloods or halfbloods or both. Uh, We know that Credence and the Lestranges are somehow tied together based on that sewer wall that Shannon mentioned earlier. I think this is how, since Credence is somehow a descendant of the gaunts <laughs> getting back to my other theory as well all right here's a lighter question how many house elves will we see i'm saying three one one i also said one you guys really hate how i think it'll only be in the flamel household probably okay <laughs> the question well follow-up would be will we know that house elf because house elves live a long time mm, no no we don't need a reference to a harry potter house elf We're, <laughs> i'm good with a new one i agree <laughs> 
Will Jacob's Bakery be mentioned or appear? That's a critical question, I feel. I'm going to say yes, it's going to be mentioned because somebody's going to be like, hey, Jacob, how's your bakery going? And he's, he's going to be like, great, I hired lots of new people and they're taking care of it for me while I'm over in Paris for Newt's book release. <laughs> I think we'll definitely at least see it at some point, whether it's Newt coming to get him at the bakery or him and mm-hmm. Queenie in the bakery together or something like that. Yeah, I kind of had a vision of, you know, Newt showing up to be like, Jacob, we have another mission. We got to go. And Jacob's, you know, throws his towel down and runs out the door. <laughs> but I got to finish baking these uh, Miffler cakes. <laughs> he whips yeah. off his apron. Flour goes everywhere. Yep. <laughs> I think Grindelwald is going to grab a little snack on his way uh, escaping out of prison. <laughs> Stop by the bakery and uh, yeah. Or Jacob can create like a poisoned apple. But I've, but a but a poison baked good and kill Grindelwald that way. That's in movie five. <laughs> movie five. It all ends with a Jacob muffin ending Grindelwald's reign. How many of Newt's beasts will Grindelwald and or his followers kill? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a dark question. But if the beasts are going to be involved, some of them might get hurt. I- I'm going to say two. Two of them are going to die, and one of them is going to be Pickett. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> die, Twig. <laughs> wow. Uh, I went with zero. I think uh, Grindelwald will find a way to use the beast to his advantage as opposed to actually killing them. Yeah, I think a beast in general is probably going to die, just not one of the ones that Newt is caring for. Yeah, I think one's going to die as well. Um, But I hope it's not Pickett or the Niffler because they're my favorites. Um, But I think that it's been, well, not too long. It's only been one movie, but I feel like there has to be some some beast death. Yeah, you guys have to remember, we're talking about the person who killed Hedwig. She's not yeah. above oh, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> killing these other beasts. And plus there are baby nifflers, so no. you ha- there's plenty more. <laughs> <laughs> um and you remember, like J.K. Rowling has said that killing Hedwig was marking the end of Harry's childhood. In some way she could kill a beast close to Newt as marking the end of like his innocent journey, just trying to document these beasts. For the greater good. That's a good point. By the way, have we all pre-ordered our screenplay? Fantastic Beasts screenplay? I have not. I have, I not. have not. It's on my Christmas list. No. Oh, we can't wait for Christmas. <laughs> I don't see the point in it just because it's not going to be any different than the movie. So I don't just don't see the point. You didn't buy the first one though? Nope. Just watch the movie. You have the exact same lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pre-ordering it now and you aren't allowed to touch it. Okay. <laughs> the deleted scenes were in the printed copies. So oh, they were with uh, Jacob and his fiance. Yeah. Oh, where she breaks up with him. <laughs> well, that changes my mind a little bit. Then I thought that was in a separate book, Shannon. Wasn't it in like no, a I thought, movie making book? Uh, no, because I have the screenplay and I thought it was in there. Oh, okay. Well, maybe there was. I read through it. Maybe there was something that they cut out of the movie at the last minute. Yeah, I know that what scene wasn't in the movie but it was the it wasn't the deleted scenes on the dvd but i also think it was in the screenplay but i could be wrong okay (laughs) i haven't read it in a while so yeah i i remember the first screenplay book so pat you didn't buy the first script book nope Hmm. you haven't been tempted to pick up my copy nope Hmm. (laughs) 
I just think it's great to refer to. And I don't know. I'm a freaking completionist. I mean, I have every book that J.K. Rowling's releasing. I got to buy all of them. Anyway, yeah, I remember we were critical of it the first time, <clears throat> the first script book, because it didn't really include any additional stuff. Like, it would be amazing to see J.K. Rowling's original screenplay for these. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll release, like, deluxe editions down the line. Oh, they definitely I'm will. sure they will. Anything for money. It's more money. Anyway, I just pre-ordered it, and... um I look forward to receiving it on Friday. They must keep those books under lock and key, <laughs> like they're Harry Potter books. Because if those got out before the movie, that'd be a pretty bad leak. Who will be the unsuspecting hero of the movie? I'm going to say Flamel. And we're not going to see it coming because he's super old and <laughs> he's just holed up in his house, kind of like living out the rest of his days, which seem to be eternity. But um, uh, yeah, I think he's going to somehow be... have a critical role in this movie we still really don't know how he's involved here i'm gonna go with uh yusuf kama mysterious character but looks like he'll be teaming up with tina in some respect to try and track down credence we know got some more information on him from pottermore recently uh that he actually made an unbreakable vow so the question is going to be who do you make it with to to track down credence Mm mm-hmm but I think he's going to come through in the clutch and, and maybe even breaking the unbreakable vow will will do him in. But uh, I think he's going to play a big role. I think that Joe is somehow going to integrate a time turner just so that she can justify them yet again for Cursed Child. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be the hero of the movie? Yep. Oh, my God. If there's a time turner, so help me. I know. I do agree, but, you know. I don't think there's going to be a time turner I in this entire series, not just this movie, entire series. I'll make that prediction right now. I agree. I really hope not, but we'll see. <laughs> you never know with Joe. Uh, I think Jacob. I really Well, he's my favorite character, so I just want him to shine, but I feel like he'll use some muggle ingenuity to figure out some way to, to save everyone. Yeah, we figured that out. A poisoned muffin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want you to trademark that. Get some cyanide in there. It'll work for anybody. Muggle Ingenuity by Shannon. Yeah. I'll just push back on what you're saying, Shannon. I I don't think Jacob is ever going to really be able to save the day in this entire series. I can dream. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't think so either, but I really hope that he he has some shiny moment Mm -hmm. beyond his pastries. Yeah. He's more than a muffin. Eric says, Theseus, he is a war hero after all. He should perform one heroic act before he dies. Oh, okay. I only have one thing for this. Like, since we're coming up to the first wizard war, is he a war hero yet? I no, did, did he fight in a muggle war? Maybe. Like World War One. Maybe the ministry worked with whoever in World War One to somehow help them win. I don't know uh oh yeah it was yeah the first world war okay he fought in so then he'll be fighting in the first wizard war right okay um (laughs) this is another dark question will the core four make it through this film i'm gonna say yes but eventually one of them is gonna die Mm -hmm. probably jacob because it'll be so sad that the muggle died uh but in this one all four will make it true i agree i think it's too early for one of them to die yet but i think they're gonna get divided up yeah Based on whose side they're on. We we don't have this question in this doc, um, but it's worth asking. Do we think any 
character is going to die. I don't think in this one. I think if it, someone dies, it's not going to be a central character. I think it's going to be one of maybe one of the newer kind of sideline characters that they've introduced. Right. But like Yusuf or Newt's assistant, mm-hmm. who's apparently like a big fangirl for Newt. <laughs> because we did lose a couple of people in the first one, like Mary Lou. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the Shaws. Yeah. Well, at least the uh, the one the one running for office. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, uh, Credence's sister died too. Not the young one. The the, uh, the older. She one. got caught up in the uh, in what happened to Mary Lou. I think. Yeah. Yes, and I feel like that was something that was confirmed in the script book mm-hmm. that we weren't sure of. But like one of J.K. Rowling's little descriptions of a scene helped clarify that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think Yusuf is probably somebody who you know, just given the unbreakable vow angle could be in danger in this film. Uh, But I also think, I think Lita is somebody who could not make it through this film. I hope you're wrong, but... Oh, and and what about uh, Serafina Pickery? She is appearing, (laughs) I think. Well, in one of the photos, she is shown walking alongside the minister. Yeah. Which in what looks like the prison um, where Grindelwald eventually escapes. Mm. So we know the minister survives because he's in some other scenes later on. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, she's definitely somebody who could be in danger if when Grindelwald escapes. So Grindelwald just like kills her on her on his way out. Or, or didn't they also say, though, that Abernathy is is a supporter of Grindelwald? So maybe it's Abernathy who does it. Yeah. All right, well, we have a few more questions, but first we have a second sponsor this week who helps you plan for your future. They are Robinhood. We would all love to sit in J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World all day, analyzing what happened and fantasizing about what's happening next. But let's face it, we also have to look out for our own futures in the real world. And that's where Robinhood comes in. They let you invest in the markets quickly and easily. Their app lets you buy and sell ETFs, options and cryptos all commission free they strive to make financial services work for everyone not just the wealthy Robinhood has charts and market data that's so easy to understand even year one neville longbottom could make a wise investment decision their web platform also has stock collections that let you invest in certain categories like entertainment social media up-and-coming hogwarts professors tons of categories the fun of Robinhood is that you're learning by doing Learn how to invest as you build your own portfolio. And like I said, Robinhood makes it easy. They have a simple and intuitive design presenting data in an easy-to-digest way. With four taps, you can place a trade, and Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. They, uh, you, you get to trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at mugglecast.robinhood.com. That's mugglecast.robinhood.com. Dot com. I know Pat did it, got his free stock. All right. Um, so getting back to our Crimes of Grindelwald questions now. Who came up with this one? I did. Will we see Nurmengard? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I don't think so either. I say yes. I think because it's the Crimes of Grindelwald, they might show him kind of pacing the halls and the people that he may have taken into captivity or imprisoned from his kind of foray around the world. Mm. Or maybe if we don't see it, maybe there's a mention of it, how he's starting it or, you know, in the process of putting it together. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend to agree. <laughs> Pat put in this next question. I said, this isn't a good question, but Pat, go ahead. You you take care of this one for us. Okay, so I said, what are Credence and Nagini doing on the roof together? Because there is <laughs> <laughs> there is the point of one of the trailers where they're sitting on there. And when I was re-watching it, I caught, I mean, this was the first time I caught it. It looks like, at least to me, that Credence is maybe letting his Obscurus go. I don't know if that's even possible, but it looks like he's like getting rid of it because he looks really distraught. And then the Obscurus is like coming out of his hand while it's outstretched. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe Nagini is somehow convincing him that it's okay to let this uncontrollable power go. I don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, being on the roof is just a setting. It's like, what are Credence and Nagini doing on this bench? <laughs> They're just there to talk. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say he's showing Nagini his obscurial powers related to what you were just yeah. saying there. So you're thinking he's keeping his powers then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I think he's just... I don't think he's expunging them from him. I, I'm. That doesn't seem like it's possible. So maybe he's learning how to control them more. So he's kind of showing off how we can keep it or only release a certain amount at a certain time. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I don't know. I went I... kind of obscure and said they were making friendship bracelets. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look what I <laughs> like can do. Like those old, uh, the thread ones everyone used to have when we were kids. <laughs> so like, does Nagini have an Obscurus too? No, but I, I think they're very much in, in similar situations, right? Mm-hmm. And Maybe it's just him demonstrating to her the ability to control what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because previously, from what we've heard of uh, Obscurials, is that they don't have the ability to control their power. And wouldn't it be interesting if Credence's ability to control his power gives Nagini the ability to control hers? Like maybe she's able to ward off this blood curse for longer than what she initially thought she could like there's always you know it's almost like the stigma of not being able to control it but perhaps there are people out there who can control these types of situations and credence is a perfect example of that what are credence oh sorry (laughs) what are the black silky shrouds over the city we saw these in the trailer it's pretty terrifying we previously speculated that this is the Lethafold. Mm-hmm. This is the um, dangerous magical creature that can kind of blanket a city. Um, my, so Micah and I are in agreement there. But Pat, you actually disagree. Well, when I was reading about the Lethafolds, to me, these, at least in the trailers, are too big. Because I always pictured a a lethafold to be like the size of a blanket since it kills you in your sleep. Like it covers you and kills you while you're sleeping where these are covering entire buildings. So I just feel like it's too big to be a lethafold. Um, I just had a super stretch of a theory and that when Grindelwald's giving his big speech, he's like, I'm going to show you how many muggles are in the world and how many people we have to hide from their houses and homes are going to be covered in these black shrouds. So you can see just how outnumbered we are, which is why we need to come to the forefront. Hmm. Almost like a Google maps of muggles, like with the pinpoint. Yeah. So <laughs> wizards can walk around and be like, holy crap, there are a ton of muggles out here. Yeah. 
Or like the Uber app where you can see where all the cars are. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Shannon agreed too with Micah and me. Uh, that's a lot less a fold. I just want to know how big they can get because those are massive. Where I always pictured them, like I said, just to be the size of a blanket. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a couple more just most anticipated questions. Most anticipated new character. For me, definitely Dumbledore. And like... I was saying this to Pat the other day, like seeing that clip of Dumbledore talking in his office, just directly out of the movie. It was so exciting to see Dumbledore talking again. And Jude Law looks fantastic as him. So Dumbledore is my pick. Yeah, I agree with Dumbledore. I was going to say Flamel, but then I don't like the way that they've portrayed him. So I'm going with Dumbledore. Why? Too old looking? Yeah, he just seems super frail, where I guess I know he's super old, but I always pictured the Sorcerer's Stone to at least keep your body the way that you're, I don't know, I I, I didn't picture it to super age you as well. I don't know, mm-hmm. I can't explain it. <laughs> but isn't, He just seems too frail. Aren't they trying to make the point, though, that that, don't they have to kind of visually show that this dude is incredibly old? I mean, I, and I think that just because you can live forever doesn't mean that your body won't age somewhat. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I'm excited to see him because I think we've heard a lot about him in the Harry Potter series. He obviously plays a big point in the first movie. Um, so I'm excited to see more of his background. And I'm out, like, I like how he looks because I think it does show, you know, he's what, 600 something years old. So. Yeah. Just because you can have the power doesn't mean it's going to be the best life. Um, so I'm excited to I see that. I think a part of me is like clouded too because there is that Nicholas Flamel book series. Yeah. And I read the first couple of them where he is young in it still, even though he's old. Mm-hmm. Him and his young. wife are both young in that series. Yeah. So I, I maybe that's clouding my mind in it probably. It's funny. His face, like he looks super skinny and he does look frail and it'll be interesting to see how he talks and moves in the movie, but it almost look kind of looks like Flamel has had some Botox shots because his skin <laughs> does look kind of smooth. <laughs> Do you think we'll see his wife as well? Parnell? I hope so. When they're at his house? Well, we see the assistant, right? So I, th- I think that's all we're going to get in terms of a companion to Flamel. I would say Dumbledore too, but um, I'll, I'll go with Yusuf. <laughs> I've, I've been... Micah has loved Yusuf for months and months. I hope that Yusuf uh, really uh, impresses you in the movie, Micah. Hope so, too. All right. So, and finally, because this is Fantastic Beasts, most anticipated new beast. Uh, I'm, I want the baby Nifflers. <laughs> yeah. They're so cute. And I, lo- I, my husband bought me a lot of Niffler stuff when the first movie came out because I thought it was adorable, so... I'm excited to see the baby Nifflers, but I like all of the other suggestions as well. The augury looks kind of kooky in the movie, mm-hmm. and he foretells death, right? They foretell death. Not as scary as you think. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the augury, and maybe the augury will kind of offer a little bit of foreshadowing. Mm. I'm really looking forward to the fire drakes because they remind me of Charmander. So <laughs> that's why, because he's my favorite Pokemon. So I'm going to go with the fire drakes. Pokemon, let's go. Coming soon to Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I'll go with the, the Zuu. It just seems like it's going to be playing a role throughout the course of the film. So Oh, yeah, the giant. That's the giant cat one. Yeah, looks like it breaks out of the circus and then it's with them in the ministry and 
seems pretty badass. So. <laughs> All right, those are our predictions. Lock them in. They're officially locked in now, y'all. And our, don't forget our predictions. What was it last week or two weeks ago? We uh, went through what we thought the film was going to make opening weekend. Oh, yeah. I, I think I said a little below expectations. Yeah. I think I said like 68. You were at 70. Eric said it was going to make more than the first film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's being way too generous. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with these reviews that are coming out. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about those this episode because, you know, we'll just offer our own reviews. But Whew. it's uh, not getting the... They're not kind. They're not kind from the critics. No. No. Shannon and Pat, how do you think... Just to remind you, the tracking... It's tracking for 65 to 75 million in the U.S. over opening weekend. How much do you two think it's going to make? I'd say like 67. I don't think it's going to do, I mean, as well as they hope, but Mm -hmm. I think the Harry Potter fans will come out. um, But I know there's some people that are still boycotting, so I think it's going to hurt that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's going to do as predicted. I think the people boycotting are also kind of going to be canceled out by the people who just recently saw the first one for the first time and now we're excited for the second. Mm -hmm. So I think the boycotting and the new people are going to cancel out and then you have everybody who are going to see it no matter what. Right. And, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who are just very intrigued by Dumbledore Mm -hmm. and Hogwarts being in this. I mean, we spoke about that feature ed at the beginning of this episode where they're tying Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts together. I mean, that is solely to draw people into the movie theaters. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're seeing it Tuesday and Shannon seeing it Friday. And uh, our next episode will just be a spoiler-filled discussion of everything that happens in Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I hope we all enjoy it. And I'm, I'm personally looking forward to getting that script book and diving back into it that way. But uh pat we need to buy tickets to see it a second time obviously we can't just see it once well of course i'm gonna go the day after thanksgiving again oh yeah because we always we used to always go when the since the first harry potter movie came out we'd always go with my family all together the day after thanksgiving so oh keep the tradition going that's a good tradition that is sweet i'm reserving that day for wreck it ralph too but we'll see (laughs) (laughs) we break the internet yep yep i'm gonna buy one funko from this movie it's gonna be albus dumbledore jude law dumbledore i saw eric already bought that one random aside anyway uh micah i think you're in charge of quizzes this week yeah i guess so uh <laughs> eric could comment on uh every question but he couldn't do quizzage so <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh last week's quizzage question was to date the wizarding world film series has won just one academy award in what category was that award does anybody know? I actually knew this one. Was it was it costume design? Yeah, it is costume design. Yeah. For Fantastic Beasts, right? Yep. 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 Colleen Atwood, who did not thank J.K. Rowling during her acceptance speech. <laughs> we, I know we talked about that a little bit on the show, but just kind of taking a look here to see who answered correctly over on Twitter. We had Shyam, uh, Heather, Kyle, Seize the Carp, uh, Robert Christ, Vaping with Dad, Always good to hear from Vaping with Dad. Uh, Dante's Gutierrez, Caroline, Amy, Jeff Dodge, the insufferable know-it-all, like that uh, Twitter handle, uh, Amanda Miller, Corianne, Samwise Gamgee, Gabby, Allie Cook, 
scrolling through an ad. Hold on one second. Uh, Maggie Avery, who also noted the fact that uh, Colleen did not thank J.K. Rowling in her acceptance speech. Uh, Mary L., this one did pretty well. A lot of people responded to this one. Uh, Yasmin Miranda, Anders Drew, Charlie, Father of Dragons, The Real Slim Brady, uh, Rachel Smith, Wayward Bookshelf, Asim, uh, Brian, uh, Robbie Stillman. So uh, that was a lot of people. That was a lot of people. I just uh, rattled off, but congrats to everybody who got the answer correct. And then for... Uh, this week's question, figured uh, we'd keep it Fantastic Beast themed, but looking a little bit more into the future, grown-up Newt has three pet measles. What are their names? It's hmm. a good one. Colleen Atwood didn't thank J.K. Rowling because she looked at the script and she was like, well, where's all the costume descriptions? What the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> Just like we have a problem with the script. So she had to come up with it herself. I'm just saying this question also brings out one of my biggest like pet peeves with the Academy Awards because I'm obsessed with them. But the fact that back in the day when Harry Potter lost makeup design to that movie with Meryl Streep in it. And I was like, okay, you had one person to do makeup on to make her look different. And then you look at Harry Potter where they have all the dwarves all the like everything all the makeup that they had to do Mm. on hundreds of people and extras and that loss for makeup on one person that's like yeah that was iron lady yeah yeah that one and she didn't even look that much different oh it made me so mad (laughs) i was like but it's meryl who cares (laughs) (laughs) maybe they'll win best makeup design for their work on nicholas flamel in this movie (laughs) or on the beasts i mean they're the beasts are looking great and I think they got a lot of makeup on them. That's a lot of spray paint to make them look all whimsical like that. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, well, I don't remember how many awards that Fantastic Beasts were up for outside of this one, uh, but would assume, right, that they're going to get nominated again just given how much work is going into creating these uh, costumes and these sets all the way in the 1930s. Yeah, Yeah, and especially... Like best CGI stuff like that. Well, it helps that the fashion and stuff back in the 30s was great. And the fact that you can Mm -hmm. like wizard up the fashion from back then too is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's never really been about the Oscars for this film series. True. No, but it's just comical that Harry Potter had eight films and (laughs) some of the most iconic (laughs) people acting in them, you know, uh, throughout. And now you get to Fantastic Beasts. And that ends up, you know, taking home uh, an Oscar. Yeah, because they realized their pulled, mistake. It should have pulled a Lord of the Rings and won a ton, like they did at the end of their run. Yeah. Well, there is that new Oscar category that they are trying to launch. It got a lot of backlash. They they announced a new category, best popular film. That's because it's a dumb category. They said it was going to be in this upcoming Oscar ceremony, and then they changed their mind they said we need a little more time to develop it after it got a lot of backlash so 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 here's one to end it on then i know we did a bunch of questions already how many oscars will the crimes of grindelwald receive <laughs> nominations or wins 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 just one for each movie i think yeah i'd say one at best <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say i'll say one maybe colleen atwood pulls it out again 
<laughs> and won't thank J.K. Rowling again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think one okay. is probably a safe bet. Okay. So next week, Fantastic Beasts will be out, and we will be talking about it for a while. Like I said, it seems like there's going to be a lot to talk about, so we will go through every part of it. Feel free to call in with your own reactions to the movie. We would love if right after you got out of the theater, you gave us a call and tell, told us what you thought. One nine two zero three muggle It's one nine two zero three six eight four four five three. Just keep your voicemail about a minute long and try to be in a quiet place so it's easy for us to hear you. Um, if calling us isn't your thing, mugglecast.gmail.com is where you can email us. There's also a contact form on the website. Send in your reactions. We want to we wanna hear your reactions, your reviews, your theories. Um, yell at us for how wrong we were after all of today's predictions. <laughs> and yeah, just, just sound off. We'll be talking with all of you about this movie in the weeks and months ahead. Shannon, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. You did great. Hope some of your predictions were right. <laughs> Uh, and Pat, I mean, you've been on the show before, so like, whatever. <laughs> Thank you, Pat, Thanks for, for joining the show. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. It's great to replace Eric today. And uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see everybody next time. I'm Andrew. I'm uh, Micah. I'm Pat. And I'm Shannon. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>